Welcome to Checks and Balances. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And this week, we've got our favorite property lawyer, Sean McGiven, director at Hague Lion Lawyers, to speak to us about purchasing off plans. Favorite property lawyer? Top five? Top five. Yeah. Top 10. I'll take two. It's just nice to be here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just happy for the seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where we want to get to, Mike. So we talk about new, we've spoken about new builds plenty of times on this podcast. A lot to do with it from an investment perspective, that there's heaps of uh, uh, tax benefits. It's easy. It's passive. And then for um, first home buyers, Mike, there's mm. lots of benefits as well, isn't there? Yeah. So um, discounted interest rates out there in the market at the moment. ANZ is about to finish their blueprint to build, but they are coming out with another kind of iteration of it, which has more bells and whistles and features. Uh, you know, and I mean, we've we've gone on about this heaps. There's a, there's a ton of reasons you go new build. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So, Sean, we're not talking about the financial benefits of a new build today. We're talking about it from when it comes to the sales and purchase yep. and the legal side. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, we always sort of go back, and it's one of those ones where we're, it, when we're always talking to your clients, especially if it's your first time, as yep. well as is doing your DD properly on any property purchase. Um, new builds, it's probably more so what's actually in the agreement as well, which is where a lot of your due diligence takes place. But we also go back to the, the first point of call is actually, who are you dealing with and who are you entering into an agreement with? So we always say, hey, go and have a look at what this particular developer has done before. If you've got a, a outfit that's got a good reputation, has been doing this for a long time, they've yeah. got a history of that, you can take some comfort because you can go and see what they've actually built. If you are dealing with a new developer, you need to be a little bit careful mm. try and maybe tag the agreement back to a standard that they might have seen before mm. yeah and like that that's there so that'd be my first suggestion is before you enter into the agreement go and see what they're doing take take the drive how often when a client's coming to you and planning to purchase off the plans you look at it and and are like no nah, i don't think we should be going near this yeah 100 we had um a client just the other day who came was looking at three different types of developers that was there um and they were opting for what was probably the cheapest. Um, <laughs> yeah, how often do we see that? Yeah. But um, the cheapest option that was there, and as soon as we had the agreement come through and said, look, from a legal perspective, we are going to need to rewrite this. We're actually going to have to write the the, the co uh, contract for it, even though it shouldn't be coming from us, it should be coming from the vendors because this is bad. And I said, <laughs> literally, this is going to cost you a lot of money in terms of legals as mm. well. And I said, the other thing that concerns us, if this is the quality of the legal agreement that they're yeah. putting out mm. and they're cutting corners on terms of getting a stock standard sale and purchase agreement that they're going to use for, say, 20 units or whatever it is, mm. where else are they cutting costs? Yeah. Like, you know, where are the hidden ones behind the walls, in the roof, all those other parts where they are going to be cutting costs? So I was like, really want to consider where it is you're going on yeah. this particular aspect of it. We actually had some customers of ours who were looking at a new build property on the North Shore um, and the property had been completed, uh, which is one of the advantages because they wanted to um, move in straight away. And they sort of said to me, like they did a quick walkthrough and they were going through all the contract and doing the due diligence. And they said, should we get a building inspector to go through? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you probably should actually. Yeah. I know it's a new build property and they're like, yeah, it doesn't have a guarantee on it. So, you know, I have never seen a building report so bad yep. for like stuff wasn't up to code stuff hadn't been completed flashings weren't covering where it was meant to yep. like 
It was shocking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you hope that the, um, the building inspector is not going to give them the, the sign-off for the code compliance to mm. get in that instance. But there are other ones where, and I'll tell you a, a quick war story of where I've heard was that basically one um, building inspector had gone in and they'd basically done the pre-line and they'd seen all the um, all the insulation that was there and they'd done, you know, where they stick the old yeah. um, measure in and they've got their, their moisture measure and that's come back all right. And they've walked out and left, and they've come back an hour later because they've left their, their tool there, only to find that they're stripping insulation oh. out of oh. the house. Also, the other one was like the concrete as well, as they'd measured it and, like, yes, cool, the actual level of concrete is up to where it should be, yeah. sign it off, only to find that they've then taken the top layer off because they're not going to put as much concrete in, yeah. right? So you're going to find that that's going to crack and that sort of thing. So there's all those little things that you've got to be scared of. And again, yeah. I go back to reputation of builder, longevity, yeah. all of those sort of things. Do they have a brand things. in the market? Jeez. And I, I will say yeah. as well to that point that those customers who were buying on the North Shore, it wasn't a brand, yeah. you know, it wasn't yeah. you know, Fletchers yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. It was just, you know, one shot yeah. property developer, mum and dad. Well, yeah. this, this building inspector said this would be the next leaky building of, of yeah. the other parts that have not been, you know, done in accordance with code, but they've managed to still get the sign off from council and then mm. go through it. I need to find out later on that they didn't have all that that's there. Wow. So how yeah. unethical is that? Scary. I mean, eh? like if An you're unethical a- property developer, yeah. James. What world well, do you live in? But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> go stri- go with reputable builders. There's, yeah. le- there's yeah. levels yeah. to the game, right? Yeah. In yeah. terms of unethical. Yeah. There's the because I mean the other bit that we just got to be honest about with this is, you know, there's a lot of money to be made in property development, mm. but it's a complex game. Oh, Half God, of them yeah. are gonna fall over. There's a lot of cowboys out there. Mm. And there's the ones who are cutting corners. The ones who are putting things out, ticking the box and taking it back out, it's another level, oh, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and hopefully you don't. That was sort of one of those ones that's one off. But, you know, that's the that's the, maybe the extremes that you're getting to are sometimes how, how hard it is to, to build these days it's and the cost that's going there that people might do that. So, yeah, that's my first point. Go and find out. Do your deal on the actual builder and make sure yeah. you're doing that properly. What about <laughs> with the sales and purchase? Like, I mean, you mentioned like you had to rewrite one, yep. which is very concerning. Um, you know, SAP, it's it's jargon, right? Like mm. the average person picks it up and goes, I guess this is normal. Yeah. I want a house and I'll just sign it. Yep. Um how what what range of SPs are you seeing? Oh, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, and and they vary. I mean, it's and it you you've put the nail on the head there, is that to a lot of people, it is just legalese, it's words, it's yep. provisions, and that's where you need to go and see a property lawyer that knows what they're talking about and, and actually does off the plan purchases so they understand that. Because you only know what you know, right? Mm. And that goes to lawyers as well, that if you go to a lawyer that doesn't do this very often, they may not know what you should actually have in mm. there. You know, there's a whole lot of various provisions that we will always look for when we're doing our review and we're providing a report of our, what our recommendations are that you should be going back to the, the builder or we'll also put in context as to why it is that this is actually okay you don't need to worry about this too much and that's yep. the experience that we've had we've done a lot of this for this and we've seen a lot of contracts as well you know like you know and we'll talk through some of them you know if you'd mentioned guarantees you might want to ask that it's got a master bill or yeah. a halo or that's a parent company guarantee or mm-hmm. that there's a um say a, a guarantee booklet with all the warranties that yeah. are there so that you've got some security that should this company not be there for whatever reason whether it's that they've wound the company up yeah. or they've gone under at a later date that you've got some sort of fallback mm. to it, um, you know, because the Building Act allows you to go back for 10 years and, and have some recourse against yeah. the builder. But if the builder's not there, that's, yeah. there's no real benefit in that sort of type of thing. We'll also look at, you know, provisions that are in there in terms of um, consultation on specs, because you obviously get your specs and you go, oh, that looks great, really mm. happy with it. But sometimes, as you've seen recently, 
those materials may not be available. Yeah. So you may not be getting that that bench top. Yeah. Is there some consultation process whereby they can go and put something that's of an equal value or something yeah. that's similar that's there as well? Um, changes in size. You know, it's, it's very rare that you see changes in the unit size uh, reduced dramatically, mm. but there could be those options. So you want to have the ability there to sort of maybe see whether you can get a reduction in the purchase price or, um, you know, there's the ability to cancel yeah. as well. Sunset dates is another one that's, yeah. that's really good. We hear a lot about the sunset yeah. clauses. Mm. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, you know, what about, why do we need a sunset date? Well, with any contract, you've got to make sure that there is the certainty to be able to exit. Yeah. You know? So if they can't get their resource consent or they can't do this or that, can't drink that, forever. Yeah, mm. then you'll get that. And so the sunset date is basically a date by which the builder must have built the unit, or it's then a chance or an opportunity for the purchaser to actually exit it. Sometimes you'll see that builders will have it in there that they can exit as well. Yeah. So, but you want to make sure that that's a sunset date is definitely in there because if it's not, then effectively the contract is void for uncertainty because yeah. you haven't got an exit strategy mm. and that your purchaser is tied in with your deposit for many years to come when they're never going to get a unit that's going to be able to build. Yeah. So that's a big part of it as well. We, what's the worst you've seen in terms of sunset days? Because we've had some customers who are locked into these things for like oh, yeah. four years sort yeah. of, and they're just waiting for this yeah. unit that's never going to eventually. I think it was like a, yeah. or maybe I can't call out their development because it's still um, <laughs> Ravi shaky, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah no. Don't get us cancelled, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be don't sued. Don't get a cease and desist again. Yeah. I know, yeah. good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, oh, there's varying ranges, but, yeah. you know, it can be sort of 12 to two months or two yeah. years is kind of a, what you want to look yeah. at. But again, it, it depends. And I mean, have a look at where the, where the property is in the stage of construction. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's that's a key part. And also, how big is it? Is yeah. it a yeah. fifty yeah. You know, apartment story building? Yeah. Because that's going to take some time. Yeah, mm. exactly. You know, yeah. you look at there's some um, good examples around town at the moment. Yeah. Um, that and there's a city here that have been delayed, you know, for a, a ridiculous period of time. Mm. Yeah. So just quietly as well, if there is a sunset clause and you bought at the top of the market, and we are where we are now. That's yeah. probably going to work out quite well for you as well. And you are seeing that, and we're seeing that with a lot of people. And that goes a little bit towards the finance side of things as well. Is normally when you enter into the the, the new builds, the benefit of it is you put 10, 10% yeah. down, and then you pick up from that particular date. The um, your bright line period starts with new builds, mm. and it goes through. So sometimes it might be a two year build period where you actually get the benefit of two years of bright line yeah. for only ten percent of the the price. Yeah. Um, and you know, and you've got that and the capital gains, but on a downward market, obviously yeah. now what you bought it for might not necessarily be that, and so therefore your sunset date comes into play. And we are seeing sometimes that the sunset date is where people are saying, "Oh, actually, I'm out." Yeah. And the reason being is because their finance approval might have changed, mm. you know. And I think that's a big thing to think is that when you get this finance approval. You don't know when it's going to sign off, and so we're sort of talking about it. Like, what's, yeah. and, I, and I mentioned before, you know, what's that sort of period that you want to make those financial approvals for? And it varies with some. Yeah, and we um, we ask our clients, and we always push for a twelve month approval up front. There are some instances where we can't do that. Um, like your your lending requirements might only fit at a bank that will do a six month approval. Yeah, uh, but generally speaking, we push it. We try and get our customers to a bank that will do a twelve month approval. Um, and there are some instances where you can push a construction approval out to two years, um, but they're super specific cases. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to jump back to that bit before the bright you, line. just about yeah. bright lines because yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So 
that, I mean, it's one of the one of the benefits, right? Is that you've got this. You probably maybe discussed it with others, and we always just say, look, always liaise with your accountants as well on these sort of types of things as well, because one of the beauty of new builds is interest deductibility, mm. which is huge for investments. Yeah. Mm. You know, as a property investor myself now, and not having and have had a history of property purchases which weren't new builds, mm. the interest deductibility is killing. Mm. You know, whereas if you get the benefit of that, that's a game changer in yep. terms of investment. So, you know, that's a big one. The other one I was talking about was the bright line is that your bright line period starts from the date that you enter into the agreement. But it also brings up another consideration, which is uh, new, new there, which not a lot of people don't know about as well, is that if you nominate after the date of the agreement, the bright line period doesn't start until you settle on yeah. the property. Yep. So if you think about that from, you know, James, you enter into a contract, and mm. then maybe a week or two later, you like, actually, I'm going to put it into the trust. That's a good place for it to go to because you've mm. spoken with your accountants and lawyers and stuff like that. Your bright line now doesn't start till you actually settle. So you could have lost a little period of yeah. it. Depending on what you're going to do. I mean, one of the benefits of um, new builds as well is it's only a five-year bright line mm. as opposed to what anything else, which is 10-year. Yeah. So that's another big game changer for yeah. you as well. You've got interest deductibility, bright line periods, drastically shortened. So mm. these are all good things for why you should be looking at off-the-plan purchases. Yeah, really. Yeah. I did I did not know that. Yeah, mm. it's, um, it was interesting. So it came to me the other day as well. I was like, okay, cool. Um, that's why we always say speak with your accountants. You know, it's mm. it is a team effort of what you're doing in that sort of, in that regard there. Yeah. And if you're a first home buyer and you're using your Kiwi saver yep. to buy off the plans, yep. you know, usually you buy a house and you settle relatively quickly, but there can be a huge period of time. How, do, how does that work? Yeah, so I think it's also important that if you if it is a quick turnaround, you want to make sure that you are getting any of your KiwiSaver documents to us as yep. soon as possible so that we can go through the process and we can take you through signing your statutory declarations for that to confirm that's all right so that we can then get that back to the bank to enable them to process it so that they can then get us the deposit. Yeah. Because that's the key thing, right? Often you've got to pay the deposit within a certain period of time and it doesn't always take into consideration that you're actually going to be using your KiwiSaver for your deposit. Mm. So if that's the situation and you're, in, and you're you know, a first-time buyer and you want to use your KiwiSaver, have the chat with the lawyer as well and then make sure you, as soon as you're getting into that process, we can either extend the deposit payment date Yeah. Or we can basically start to get the actual um, KiwiSaver documents signed as soon as possible. All these various things we can do. But I mean, it's again, if you are looking at that process, have a chat with us beforehand. You know, mm. there's, there's um, so many advantages to us to and communication at an early stage to be yeah. able to make sure that we set you up properly for that agreement. And we can give you all the little things. We can tell you about the, okay, is there a DDP a clause in there to allow us to go through and explain to you about these sort of types of things to talk to you about maybe the nominee and whether that's what you want or what are you going to do with this? Are you going to live in it? Mm. Or are you, so maybe Brightline's not such a big thing mm. or are you going to, you know, have as an investment? Yeah. But come and chat to us before. And it, it, it does set you up really, really well. I mean, yeah. we give you all those little little gems that we know about to you beforehand. Mm. And the KiwiSaver, um, the timing of when they use it as the deposit uh, is quite important as well because if I understand correctly, <clears throat> you can't withdraw your KiwiSaver twice even if it's for the first house. Yeah. So if you use your KiwiSaver as the um, purchasing deposit uh, and then 12 months later you yeah. go to settle the house yeah. and you've got this, you've built up more KiwiSaver, you can't withdraw to put it, uh, that KiwiSaver on even though it's still your first home purchase. So in some instances, you may be better to use your cash deposit up yeah. front to pay the developer 
and then use your KiwiSaver right at the end when you're settling because, hey, maybe the market's come back a bit or maybe I've built up a bit more KiwiSaver there too. Mm. Yeah. Mm. How about when it comes to residents associations, body corps, those kind of things? Our favourite fees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't realise that those, they may be part of the package. Yeah. You know, and for when they're, when they're buying that and that can be any, any stage there is um, these residents associations are there to sort of provide rules for the way that the, the community, and that's kind of what it is, mm. works. Um, and a lot of people don't realise that they're going to have to be involved with this community or residence association that there's going to be potentially levies yep. as well associated with it and that's another fact that they have to consider into it's not only they're paying a paying um, a mortgage and interest yeah. and, and the like that's there and rates and all the other insurance and all the other things that comes with it but there may also be some um, residence association levies that are going to be there that they're going to need to maybe look at going to AGMs and they yeah. should go and understand what those are and that they're going to vote at the AGMs mm. and um and make decisions about how this community operates and and the like that's there yeah, yeah. and there's a lot in the old uh, agm minutes actually um if you're going back through them yeah. we've set, we've seen some stunners from like um uh, the apartment floor to apartment 17 like we're all voting to trying to get this person to stop feeding the birds because <laughs> the birds keep crapping everywhere yeah. Um, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. And you, the other thing is the liability of what you're signing up for as well with, um, I mean, slightly different with the body corp um, stuff with apartments. We we had a joint customer who, apartment was in Wellington, building couldn't be, something changed with the Wellington Council, building couldn't be insured. Mm. Uh, so then they had to get the insurance for this building from like Belgium and it was costing each apartment $1,300 a month to insure this on an ongoing basis. You now can't sell the apartment because ain't nobody signing up for that. Uh, you, you know, there's nothing really you can do. It's prohibitive for that customer from getting any other finance because they have this liability there. Um, all she could do is pretty much just Airbnb the apartment to yep. try and pay this um, this debt that she was um, um, liable for. And see, so that's the other part of going through the rules, which is really important because you mm. raised Airbnb. Mm. You may have this intention of Airbnb being this particular yeah. property, and this is going to be the way that you're going to um, pay all the interest in the like that's there yeah but there may be a prohibition in the rules that says you can't have any short-term letting mm. all of a sudden your whole game plan gets thrown out the window and now i'm stuck with this one and it yeah. wasn't quite going to work well the other one is if you're moving in and we've seen this before is um no pets allowed yeah mm. so how hang on i've just got my child as a well, you know, fair yeah. child and i can't bring the fair child in to live with me yeah and that's a, a set rule that's when you just claim it's a chattel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Throw back to Amanda. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. But it's, that's that same sort of consideration. Yeah. And sometimes I've seen it before that on the agendas for AGMs, there's actually an amendment of those rules yeah. because they wanted to try and have the no pets rule yeah. taken mm. out. So that can be a big issue. Mm. It's like saying, you know, you can't, you can come and live with us, but you can't have your children. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's all those sorts of types of things that, you know, you need to understand that. Um, and that's kind of where having your lawyer do it, they should give you mm. the full report on it, they should go through it. Some of the rules, they're easy to understand and, and, and go to it, and you can save yourself some cash there, but um, other times it is, is actually what does this really mean for me, and, and how do I change this as well? Yeah, and I think that's a really important point, Sean, is um, your lawyer giving you a report and explaining it to you, yeah. um, because really, it is another language. Yeah, like I don't speak legal. James barely speaks English. Uh, you know, so it's it's you know, and having someone explain in you know terms that you understand, yep. and we can have a conversation about it and ask 
I don't get that. Can you please explain it to me? It's super important. Mm. Oh, I've seen the change and and for the good, I think, mm. in, that, in that I've been doing it for 22 years now. And when we first came out, there used to be like this kind of like air of magicians sort of yeah. like about legalese. Yeah. Thank God we've now gone to a change now. We're trying to actually use plain English and explain it to it. And so yeah. what often we do is put the full report to clients, and this is what you should be asking for from your lawyers, not just uh, sort of tell me about it, but get the full report so that you can go back and read it if yeah. you don't understand it afterwards. And also get your lawyer to follow up with a phone call. We mm. will say, here's the report. Read it. We're going to give you a call in a day or two's time so you've had a chance to digest yep. it, think of questions that you don't or that you want to ask about it. And then we can explain it to you as well. So that when you go to either push yes or no on that um, due diligence condition, mm. you know 100% what's going on with your property and what you're getting it in for. Yeah. And if you have any questions, you know, that's the time to ask them. You should never go into buying a property and spending hundreds of thousands oh. or a million plus, yeah. whatever it is that mm. you're getting to, without knowing what you're putting it into. Otherwise, you are kind of gambling. Mm. But, you know, 100%. you're not investing or, you know, you are you are gambling. Yeah. So throw the dice. Yeah. So there's heaps of benefits when it comes to new build, but, you know, there are risks. Um, we are talking about big transactions and it's important you're getting the appropriate support. So make sure if that is the avenue you're going down for one of the many benefits that you're going to have a chat with Sean, going to have a chat with the Hagline team or your local lawyer, if they are a property specialist. Yeah. Uh, please make sure to subscribe, review, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Cheers, guys.